Welcome to Immigration Notes. In celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, we bring to you a special edition. I sit down with a few Erickson Immigration employees and we chat about their personal experiences growing up in a Hispanic household, the values instilled, and the importance of preserving language and identity. And of course, the common misconceptions that Americans often get wrong about the culture from those of the culture. Me llamo Ian Gaines. Unete a nosotros más allá de las fronteras. Let's first start with introductions. Here we have... My name is Ashley Tobon. I'm a paralegal on the NIV team. My mother immigrated from El Salvador and my dad immigrated from Colombia. Hi, my name is Sonja. I'm an attorney on the global team. I'm from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Both my dad and my mom are from Puerto Rico, too. Hi, my name is Tamara Guillen, and my parents and myself immigrated from Ecuador. Uh, so to kick off uh, the conversation, we can start with just our family and background. Could you give us maybe sort of like the reasons why your families decided to move from your home country to live in America? My parents moved from Ecuador to uh, New York, first to New York City and then out to Long Island. They chose to come here because they, in Ecuador, the we were, I guess, the lower class, like, it was poor and they knew both my parents like didn't go to college and they knew that if they wanted to or they felt if they wanted to give me a better future they would find it in America and they at that time they had heard stories um they had friends who had come to New York specifically and they just felt it was better to find a work um better to raise me and a family there better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad's family moved um, to the United States, not all of them, but some of my dad's um, brothers and sisters. So they came to the U.S. after finishing college because they thought here they will have better jobs opportunity as well. And they also went, wanted to raise their children here to get a like a better education. So that's why my dad's family is here now in Virginia. My mom's family, they also moved to the United States, but they're in Florida area, but it's the same. So they think they thought they will have better job opportunities here. So the American dream is I think realized across generations. So like the first generation might not necessarily have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. But then, like, their children will have better access to, like, education and professional opportunities. And I definitely see that the case in my own family, um, in which my sister and I have been able to attend private school. And have. And my mom's really proud of how far we've gone, like, in our academics. want to get, like, a better understanding of the expectations in, in the household coming from each of your uh, backgrounds? For me, my mom always told me that because she wasn't very wealthy, the only thing she could like 
what you inherit. Like the only thing I could inherit from her was my education. And that was like really powerful for me. So I felt this like need to dedicate myself even more to school and go above and beyond. In terms of growing up as a student in the U.S. with immigrant parents, I found that sometimes I had to do a lot more work than other students in the sense that I would have to like translate the paperwork for my mother or I would have to be more alert or even attend parent-teacher meetings and absorb the information so I could communicate it to my mom in that sense. And in interviews, sometimes there'd be like a parent component and I would try to like prep her as well for that sort of thing. And I guess that if you're not second-generation American or first-generation American, you might not have that similar experience. Well, I just thought about, uh, like, if you if you have to translate for your parents, so let's say you get in trouble and the teacher says, like, you know what, Ashley's been acting up in class and, you know, we, we got to fix this. Like, you'll just tell your mom, like, you said I'm doing really great and <laughs> I'm getting straight A's. That's the first thing I think about, but, like, what I'll do. I mean, I mean my mom had enough... <laughs> knowledge of English that she would understand like behavioral issues if communicated yeah. to her but it would be more like technicalities like, like, didn't say that. like oh, yeah. dismissal <laughs> dismissal is now on this yeah. side of the street the word dismissal doesn't translate well so it's just things like that that I have to like make sure that she's aware of so mm. I get picked up from school things like that I guess mm. also like more important things as well but see that just shows I was a bad kid I was getting in trouble <laughs> trying to find ways out of it I guess adding to that, um, it was growing up in a in a household where like your parents didn't go to school here. It was very hard for them to help you with their with your homework. So I had to I had to figure out the homework by myself. I, and at that time, I don't think there was Google to look up anything on the internet. So, ask Jeeves. So yeah, that was ask Jeeves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, so I guess it was more like you had to, you knew that you had to figure out everything yourself. Um, in school, like I went in to an after school program. So I had to make sure that if I had any questions, I needed to ask whoever was the homework helper during that time. Because once I went home, unless it was like math, which is like a universal subject, they weren't going to be able to really help me. So I think you ha- I just had to be cognizant of that. And then, um, and kind of what Ashley said, like my parents did, you know, they always pushed me for my education. And, you know, they always reminded me that they, you know, they made a big sacrifice to come here. So my education is what they could offer me. I want to get it right, politically correct. So is it Hispanic or Latino, Latina? How should I? Hispanic is particular to people who originate from countries that were colonized by Spain. So basically the commonality of the language, Spanish. So if you look at Latin America, if you look at South America, for example, every country except for Brazil can be considered Hispanic. Now, the alternative Latino, that refers to Latin America. And basically, Brazil would be included in that equation Mm -hmm. because they're geographically located in Latin America. Now, whether you refer to a person as Hispanic or Latino, it can be based on preference. 
for a variety of reasons. For example, someone might isolate themselves from the word Hispanic because they don't want to identify with that, like, colon the history mm. of that colonizer. Of but it might also be because of a language preference. They feel like by saying Latino, they're incorporating their language into their expression, and that's empowering for them. So it could be for a variety of reasons why people prefer Hispanic over Latino or vice versa. So it's interchangeable. Um, it, or, with the exception of if you were to be Brazilian, I guess. Got it. And now mm. there's right. also a movement to use the word Latinx instead of Latino. Mm. Mostly mm. because Spanish language can be very gendered, so Latinx doesn't does, gives you the opportunity to not have to identify your gender in expressing your identity. So, what would you say is the biggest misconception that Americans get wrong about, let's say, Latin culture, Latin people, the experience? Even though you can use Hispanic and Latino interchangeably most of the time, you cannot refer to a person as Spanish. Like, that is a language and not, like, an identity. Because usually for Spanish, it's referring to people from Spain, and we're not from Spain. We're, you know, Ecuador, Puerto Rico, Salvador, Colombia, one of the Latin American countries. So I think if you are going to refer to us in in any term, it would have to be either Hispanic or Latino. A lot of people, if you were to ask me, like, what is your background or what what is your ethnicity, the first thing that comes to mind is not necessarily Hispanic or Latina. It's just, oh, I'm Ecuadorian. Mm-hmm. I identify mm-hmm. more with my country self rather than the entire Latin America. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's also going off of that asking an individual what are you is not mm, sufficient yeah. to get anybody. the sort of mm. answer that you're looking for. You have words like, what is your ethnicity? Specify that. It makes for a much more natural interaction with a person. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of Hispanics speak Spanish, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we understand everything that the other Hispanic is trying to say. True. Because there is so much variety amongst yeah. countries different dialects yeah so and, yeah. i remember one time in middle school a lot of latinos we had this like argument about how you say bangs like um like the hairstyle right. and it was like there's every almost every country in south america central america has a different way of saying like bangs Sonja sometimes says words and i look at her like i have no idea <laughs> that's what true you're trying to say yeah it's hard for me too because Again, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. So in Puerto Rico, you have Puerto Ricans, right? You don't have a lot of different um, Latinos, um, you know, like different cultures, just Dominican Republic. And you have some people from the States as well, but that's like the minority. So it's, it's, it's been a challenge for me to speak like with OC, with Tamara, because it's, it's your learning words. Like you feel that your words are the real words, right? It's like, this is how you call you this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's honestly, it's honestly very funny, <laughs> but it's also a challenge. It's like, what are you saying? I, I cannot, you know, I, I, I don't understand. And then it's like, yeah, so. It's like, we're both speaking Spanish, but how come we're not understanding each other? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So I guess even though Spanish is what unites us, there's actually a lot of variety in words that we use. 
And that was actually one of my questions in terms of like language. What does that mean for you guys? And how does it shape your identity in that sort of sense? So, um, so in Puerto Rico, there is, <laughs> there is different ways to see this, right? Because if you want to be like independent, right? So independent from the United States, then you have that people that say, no, 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 it's only Spanish. We only speak Spanish, but then the truth is we can speak English as well. So it's like, what, what should I teach my kids? Are we speaking only Spanish or we want them to be bilingual? So that's an issue, at least in Puerto Rico. So it's like, no, because if I... So if it's they, school bilingual in Puerto Rico? Yeah. There, we have schools that are bilingual, not all of them. So public schools, they're Spanish um, only, but you do have one English class like every year. But then like private schools, they have bilingual programs. So all the classes are taught in, in English, except Spanish, obviously. <laughs> so, but that is something that it will depend on your family, on your household, and how your parents want to deal with that, because it's truly an issue. Do you speak English with your friends? No. In Puerto Rico, we only speak Spanish with my friends. Um, so then the problem is when my family moved here, so English was a challenge because these bilingual programs are like new, right? It's like I'm 32, so this is something very new. It's not that on the 50 you have bilingual programs at school, you know, like it's different. But then when your family move here and you spend time with your cousins, they don't know anything about Spanish, right? They only speak in English. And then the family in Puerto Rico will be like, I cannot believe that your cousin doesn't know Spanish. How? That's possible. But then it's an issue because what do you want what do you want to share with your kids? Or you want them to only speak Spanish or do you want them to be bilingual and to have more opportunities? The dichotomy of being bilingual, it, it has its value because it broadens your opportunities of what you can do in terms of career. But then you have your, your culture and your roots that you would want to preserve. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you don't want to lose your your roots, right? Like, this is who we are, right? So this is our first language, and it's true. Um, so when I'm here with my friends from Puerto Rico, sometimes we are like, should we speak in English? And I'm like, no, why? Let's speak in Spanish. There's no problem with that. It is, it's always like, what should we do? So we... Should we be like, just, I don't know, if I'm, when I'm with Tamara, I don't speak with Tamara in English. <laughs> and Tamara is like, speak to me in English. And I'm like, no, no, no. So it's like... I don't tell her that. Yeah. No, no, she doesn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's like, but my friends, they, 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 they do ask me that. Like, should we speak in English? And I'm yeah. like, why? But I think Spanish is important also because it ties into our culture just not just not necessarily just being able to communicate with other family members but for example like the music that we are known to have like salsa merengue bachata like that's usually spanish 
you know, in the Spanish language. So being able to recognize that and like know it. And I think that's just something that has always been important. Like, you know, you should understand the songs that are coming on at your party. <laughs> like, what are you dancing to? For yeah. sure. Yeah, I think, for, sure. for example, Colombian Spanish is really proper. Like we use usted like mm. very naturally in conversation. Uh, Usually usted done. should be like kept, like reserved for like elders or, you know, someone of higher position. But like you call most of your family members usted. Um, I think it's the same for and like Salvador, if your mom right? calls you if your mom mm-hmm. calls you you're like si señora like oh and like if you're yeah with a lot of respect yeah. with that like respect and I feel like in some ways it's not possible to communicate that same level of respect mm-hmm. in English potentially this is just not the words for that yeah mm-hmm. and also you said that. It's important, Tamara, you mentioned that it's important to you to be able to communicate like with your grandparents when they come from Ecuador. Like my grandmother played a big part in raising me and like she taught me a lot. She used to tell me a lot of like folklore from El Salvador and like she would tell me a lot of like stories about her life in Spanish. And I feel like for my cousins who were not fluent in Spanish, they didn't have the same opportunities to get to know her and to get to know our culture to the same extent. And also when you go back and visit, like if you're there Mm -hmm. in Ecuador or if you're there in your country, like I look Ecuadorian, like if I'm there and like someone's talking to me and I'm just look at them like I have no idea what you're saying, like it it looks kind of bad at least. Yeah, that's true. It would make me feel like really bad if I have no idea what they're saying and I look just like them, like I was born there and everything. So for me, like I do want to keep my Spanish. It's hard though because... You know, you are you work, and your work is only in English. Through friends, or you're at, you know here, especially if you grew up here and you have friends, you met them in like school, and then the school setting is mostly in English, so you talk to them in English. Um, and I think, I think Soha and Elsie are really the only ones I really talk to fluently in Spanish, besides my family, because it's just I've you just get into this habit of always speaking in English to them that when you do speak. In Spanish to some of your friends, it's like, it feels kind of weird. It's like awkward. What you were speaking as you develop your relationship, whatever exactly. that language that was. That just stays. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, you didn't tell us the difference in terms of like culture in America and like business culture. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> This is something I I needed to learn when I started working here. <laughs> so yeah, so in Puerto Rico, the culture, the the work business culture is very different. So you're not going to kiss a judge, obviously, right? At court, you're not going to kiss the judge, kiss, but kiss them on the cheek. Kiss them yeah. on the cheek. Yeah, please, thank you. Tomorrow. Embrace them. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe your boss. Yes, why not? You will say, "Hey, good morning. How are you?" Just give him a kiss and the cheek and a hug. It's like so happy to see you. Yeah. So that was a little shock for me when I came here. So I did change that. Like sometimes I want to hug. I don't know, Tamara, for example, like, hey, how are you? Wow, one kiss, one hug. And then I'm like, oh, they don't do that here, right? Like, it's like, 
is you need your personal space. Get called by HR, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Like, so HR email. That's, yeah. that's a difference. So if you go to Puerto Rico, everybody will kiss you yeah. and hug you. Hey, how are you? So it's not, it's not that they are flirting with you. It's just they're going, they want you to feel welcome. Mm. And they want you to know that they are happy, that you are there, happy to see you. So that's part of our culture. So we are very, what's the word? Warm. Warm, yeah. Warm, yeah. Warm. yeah. So, yeah. I'm interested. When did you first learn that wasn't the, the custom? Yeah. Did you make the mistake? Uh, yeah, probably know. I did. Probably I kissed someone. I, I, I'm telling you, yeah, kissed someone a lot. in the chick. I don't know. Yeah. But then the person was like looking at me very awkward. Like, why you did that? I'm like, no, I'm not in love with you. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say hi. But then I learned my, my way. You. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, the face. <laughs> So definitely, I need to work on that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm now like I will not She's touch not you. Doing it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. doing it now. Don't worries. Mm. But I would love to. Like, well, hey, yeah. how are you? Long weekend. Well, that's a beautiful thing, right? Because uh, to to be able to feel open and expressive, right? When you when you're happy to see someone, to really show them. That's like, I'm happy to see you. Come here. Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. the other reason why we are very loud. Because oh. it's like, ah, so yeah, we're kind of loud. But it's not in a, it's not to do it in a bad way. It just, it's like, oh my God, it's so much emotion that you feel. It's like, mm. hey, you know, I don't know if that happens to you guys. But at home, we are very loud. <laughs> I don't think Ecuadorians are very loud. Very <laughs> Unless it's a party. <laughs> And we left the party too, so that's yeah. Just looking at the bright side, the positive side, even if the situation is not that good. That's that's the thing. I think it ties into earlier we were saying the misconceptions, and then also the difference between Hispanic and Latino. Just um, comes back to identity and how we self-identify. Right. Um, I know it's uh, a unique situation on like census anywhere you have to fill out your background where it says like race. It has white, black, other than was Asian. Um, But then in its own category, it has no ethnicity and it's, you know, Hispanic or not Hispanic. And just an understanding of. One, if anybody knows the history of that. My experience, yeah. though, is when I check off that I'm Hispanic and then I'm asked what race I am, I feel like it's a redundant question because my, for me, at least, my identity is Hispanic, so I don't feel the need to identify my race subsequent to that. I always feel like there is no race for me to check off, like... And then I think yeah. there have been some times when there is no other because I'm like, what? We don't fit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's I'm not sometimes white. that question is required. So you're required yeah. to make yeah. that choice of what race you are. So it's hard. So I don't think I've been oh, consistent, sorry. to be honest. So it asks, it's kind of like what type of Hispanic you are, basically. That's what it's sort of asking. Or because it's like you're Hispanic, but then, okay, also tell us what type in terms of your white Hispanic, black Hispanic, or 
but that doesn't even sense. yeah you get i know like the i don't think that even covers mm. everybody either because for example sometimes it says white black native american and or and sometimes some hispanic culture, hispanic identity is those three things yeah. Thank history. you. Yeah. yeah. It's so just do a you mix. Check off all three in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like Native American. Like I know, at least for my family, I think we have a lot of Incans. Is that the Native American? Inca. 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 Mayas. Incas. Maya, but I think mm-hmm. Incans were in in Ecuador. Sorry, I'm a little rusty on my Ecuadorian history. <laughs> <laughs> I just should have gone to school there. <laughs> and then Puerto Ricans, we have. A mixture of three, right? We have like the Spanish, the African, but we also have like the native, Tainos. the Tainos. So it's like I cannot say I'm only white, and I cannot say I'm only black because we are actually culturally we are yeah. three races in one. And then even if that's I why feel you're more... always hugging and kissing and people and dancing. I have you got, all. I have you all, all in me. In your, <laughs> you got it all in your system. That's why. <laughs> Speak loud. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, but honestly, we are three, a mix yeah. of three races. So then, yeah, I, I don't know what to pick. So it will be just add others all the above. All the above. Others, I don't know. So, yeah. Hmm. For example, like even for Native American, I feel like when you pick Native American, I always ref- I always connect that to like Native Americans in the U.S. and I'm like I'm not Native American from the U.S. Similarly, if you like if you're a light skinned Hispanic and you choose white, your experience as a white Hispanic can be very different from yeah. that of like a white American who doesn't identify as Hispanic. Yeah. So for like census purposes, I don't know. I think they should add another race. Once again, a big thank you to Sonha, Tamara, and Ashley for sitting down and chatting today. You are much appreciated. For more content and immigration updates, please visit our website at eiglaw.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law and our Instagram underscore EIG law to join in the conversation. Thanks for listening. See you next time. All right. Well, thank you for coming on to Immigration Nerds. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Adios. Nos vemos.